Right, and welcome to episode eight of uh, This Is Your TV Life. Um, today, we're, we're going across the pond um, to the big USA from our, our first American um, on, on the show. Um, you'll know this gentleman. Um, UK audiences will know him just more recently. US audiences will, will know him from a few years ago uh, as one of the, the, the biggest or most well-known winners uh, on Jeopardy. Um, quiz show in the USA. We'll know him, UK will know him from just being on Netflix because that's when his episodes are currently on Netflix in the UK. Um, but yeah, so that, that's how we'll know him. We'll get more into that and lots more. But firstly, welcome Buzzy Cohen. Hey, thanks for having me. I didn't realize I was the first American. I feel even more like special <laughs> now than yes, already. <laughs> Everything gone before has been a UK actor or a UK TV personality. You're oh, the nice. first US um, personality on the podcast. Um, so, so thank Amazing. you um, for, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so, so you're, you're known um, to TV audiences as, as a winner, um, one of the, the many winners, but one of the one of the biggest winners. I think it's easy to say one of the biggest winners um, on, on the show called Jeopardy. Um, it's one of, For anyone that doesn't know, Jeopardy is one of the, the longest running game shows in and I would say the world's history, uh, not just the U- US history, because uh, we certainly don't have a game show that's run longer. Uh, we've, we've shows that have run longer, but we don't have game shows. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the biggest game shows in respect of what you can win, the potential, because you keep winning, basically, you keep progressing. You, keep, you continue on the show until you yeah. lose, basically. Um, so you, you were... Yeah. Just to fill everybody in, you were on the show back in April, May 2016, originally, um, yep. where you won nine games, um, and you yep. won a total of $164,000, yep. um, which is only money a lot of people can imagine. Um, you then went back um, and done the 2017 Tournament of Champions, yep. um, where you won, you yep. the winner of that, uh, winning a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, which is again a fantastic amount of money. Uh, <laughs> let's not beat about the bush here. It's that's a massive amount of money. It's fantastic yeah. for anyone. Um, and then you you came back, um, which we haven't seen in the UK yet because it's the it's the tournament of champions. It's currently on Netflix for yeah. us. Um, but you then came back to the show back in 2019, um, where you were in the All Star Relay tournament. Now I don't know much about that because I haven't seen it. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about, we'll go into to the individual sections in a minute. But that, that yeah. to, to know that you, you've you won, okay, forget the amount of money, but to win that amount of shows on, on an iconic game show must be great. Yeah, yeah, no, it was incredible. I mean, I also, um, even though I had been a fan of the show and watched it pretty regularly in you know, leading up to getting on, I didn't realize how unique a nine game run was um and so it was like only after i lost in the 10th game and i got home that my wife was like you're like you know one of the top 15 lifetime you know game winners um and that's also like uh, originally jeopardy um you after you won five games they'd like give you a car and send you home and then it was basically when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire became such a big hit. They doubled the scores and they made it so you could keep winning as long. Um, I like to say that they, if you, even if you win, they make you keep playing until you're a loser. 
So everybody uh, in the modern era of Jeopardy, at least in the last 20 years, um, except for, you know, maybe a tournament winner has, has lost on Jeopardy. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good way of looking at it, actually. Yeah, everybody <laughs> has, has lost, but not many people, as you said there, has won, certainly not to the extent of, of you. There's been lots of winners. Like, there's been lots of one, yeah, two, three. every day there's a winner, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Every episode, there's a winner, but a lot of those episodes are, are previous winners because, you, as you said, you keep on winning. You, you keep on winning, you keep on playing, um, which yeah. is very unique. And, and I, like, there's not many game shows, certainly none that I can think of, that do that, that, that you, you keep on winning, you keep on playing. Yeah. Um, that, that's certainly. And I think it's one. a, it, you know, even though it was, even though it was sort of a response to the success of um, Millionaire, I think it, it, it ends up creating a lot of excitement among fans, right? Because you like want to see how far this person can go as opposed to even something like Millionaire, like you win the million and then you're done, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, this is a kind of a unique thing where you get people like Ken Jennings or James Holtzauer more recently who go on these big streaks or even, you know, my, I think my streak felt longer than it was because I played for, uh, I, you know, I won five games and then there was a three week break where they had some special tournaments and then I came back. So it felt like I'd been on TV forever when really I just, you know, it was just two weeks of shows. The thing that people don't realize about why it's so hard to go on these long runs is um, they tape five shows in a day. And so when I was on, you know, I, I started, my first game was a Monday game. There was a returning champion who I who appeared in this tournament of champions because he was a six day, day winner, Andrew Powell. Um, and one of the rules of the tournament of champions is like, if you faced someone during the regular season, they set it up so you won't face each other again unless you meet in the finals. So he and I didn't play each other again. Um, but he was, he had won a lot of money. He won more money in six days than in, in nine. He, he won a lot of money on his games. Um, but you are playing back to back shows. I played, you know, basically, even though my shows were split up over those, you know, two weeks and then with that gap in the middle, I taped two consecutive days so i taped five shows went home had to try to go to sleep after you know the craziest day of my life basically and then get up and play a bunch of people who are totally fresh so there's a little bit of a, a champion's advantage in that you have more experience with the buzzer you have more experience with all of the kind of tv elements of it but there's also a huge disadvantage in that you really really get fatigued and a lot of other people who have been on the show talk about that fatigue and there's a statistic that a lot of a lot of um, multi-game winners lose on thursday games and that's because that's the first game after lunch the lunch break so you play three shows in the morning everyone breaks for lunch and you kind of like get that after lunch fatigue you know the yeah. the slump and everybody you... does everybody after yeah. having a good meal gets that anyway <laughs> But yes, so. but, but the, 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 the pressure of the TV situation and things. So how how long before? So you say you, you record five games in a, in a day. How long is that before it's broadcast? So how, when did you actually record? It's about, it's about six six to eight weeks, depending um, on the schedule. Like you know, they'll do a couple of you know they'll they'll do a couple of tape days, and then sometimes they'll they'll take a break to do other production stuff or writing or casting stuff. But um, my shows, my um, shows, 
my original run taped on the 7th and 8th of March and then aired, you know, the third or fourth week of April. So, you know, about six or seven weeks. Six or seven weeks. It's not, it's not that terribly long, but had you to keep that a secret, I'm assuming? Like, you had to, yes. to keep that completely yeah. to yourself? I take it your yeah. wife would have known. Yeah, well, I mean, the people I had some guests who were in the audience, they knew, right? Um, but yeah, I had to keep it a secret. Um, but you know, it's actually it was interesting, like the first that first six week stretch, all I was just like, hey, I'm gonna be on Jeopardy. I was excited. You know, everyone in America is, even if they're not a fan of the show, they're familiar with it, because it's such an institution. So everybody, you know, was excited, I was going to be on it. So that that part was easy. I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to be on Jeopardy. And they're like, how'd you do? I'm like, oh, I can't really say. But the hardest part was after I'd won five games and then there was this three week break. So everyone knew I'd already won like a hundred thousand dollars. And then for three weeks, they're like, what happened? Like, do you keep going on this amazing, you know? So that part was actually harder. That one was when people were really giving me grief. Yeah. I can imagine because if you like, especially in the UK, there's certainly nothing like that. that You you keep winning, you keep coming back. There, there, There used to be, I think years ago, but certainly not at the moment. If you're on a game show, you're on the one episode and that's it over. Yeah. Um, the, the worst that gets it is like the millionaire if you're still in the seat at the end of that episode. Right. But then it's the very next night or like it's not that terribly long. Yeah, a week later. Yeah. Um, at the very most, a week later. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's nothing like that in the UK. So it, you, you can't feel that um, excitement. But yeah, I can imagine the three weeks in between you yeah. having won the five games and then the, the tournament happening must have been must have been difficult because you, you again you couldn't see it you don't want to spoil it for people yeah definitely and also like um you know for those who are watching the tournament of champions right now like some you know my guests who are in the studio knew about have you watched the whole that tournament of champions I've watched the whole thing, yeah. And I've yeah. Watched. So after that first night on the finals, you know, like it looked like I was dead in the water. And so like even I decided not to tell some of my family members what happened. And they're like, oh, you know what? You made it to the finals. You got $50,000. That's great. And it made like not knowing made that comeback in the second game of the finals that much more exciting. Like if you knew I won, um, it kind of, Kind of yeah the, the people were like your, your wife and, and things that would have known would have been oh well I, I know what happened so it's 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 not as exciting but then obviously yeah. for the people that did didn't know you you had like we'll, we'll, we'll put a spoiler thing out there because um i'm hoping people in the america will listen to this but um <laughs> the people in the uk if you haven't watched it please watch it um because it is it, it's, a, it, it's a pretty exciting i mean i lived it and even i like re-watching it you know when it aired and and then I, you know, I just wanted to revisit it when it came out on Netflix. And it was like, man, that was wild. <laughs> My <laughs> wife was in the audience. She had her face in her lap when I hit the Daily Double and I bet it all. She's like, I can't watch. She couldn't watch. I can imagine. Yes, yeah. I can imagine. But, but going back to, to your original run, yeah. obviously you went in on your, your first game. And what was it What was it like to, to finally, because it had been, it's a, it's a show that has run for, for nearly 60 years on and off well well yeah so the, there the was a version, been there for the six years. yeah there was a, an original version and then they kind of brought it back but in the current incarnation with alex trebek it's been um 
like coming up on 37 years. Yeah, so it's been going for, for quite a year. It's, it's, an, it's a TV institution. Love yeah. it or hate it, as you said earlier, everybody knows about it, especially in the USA. Um, so what was it like to finally to stand behind one of those podiums with your, your buzzer? Um, it was incredible. I mean, I was so excited to be there. I really, like my goal, my first goal was to buzz in, hear Alex Trebek say my name and give a correct answer. Like that was all I wanted to do. Um, and so, you know, and then my next goal was to be able, um, for people who aren't familiar with the show, if you, if, if you get a question wrong, you lose money. So you can go into the red. Um, and if you're negative going into the last round, you don't get to play. So my next goal not be in the red so I could play final. So when I was like in the lead and almost had a runaway um, going into that final game, I, I, I mean, I was elated. I, it was like, you know, and then, and then after I won, I remember walking, you know, walking off the stage because they make you bring changes of clothes to give like the illusion that it's a different day right yeah so I went backstage to 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 the green room to go change and I said to the contestant coordinator I was like oh my god I won one I don't have to like it that's I mean like I won on Jeopardy that's all you got to do like you know you're a Jeopardy champion forever and she was like and I was like I'm done she's like don't say that go back and win more and like um so I think you know I was certainly I mean, I was in a, just like a very happy to be there kind of place um, yeah. and didn't expect, I had no expectation as you could probably tell of winning a game, let alone two games, let alone a week of games, let alone almost two weeks of games. Yeah. It was all kind of sur me. I can imagine, like definitely I can, I can imagine it. And, and it came across on, on, on TV and um, that you, you were just, you were, you were happy to be there. Like you were, you were a, a genuine fan of the show. You just, <laughs> wanted to and I think everybody does to a certain extent but there, there will yeah. be people that, that go there and try and play the game and and I think yeah, sometimes I think, that's where people, people put fail. a lot of pressure on them on themselves and I think they they like go in really you know wanting focusing on like the win above all sometimes that can trip you up and I was like kind of like yes I wanted to win but I, I was like wanted to be there like the ride was just as important to me. You yeah. know what I mean? No, that, that makes sense. And then that's, I think that's maybe why you did so well, because you didn't put uh, yeah. that pressure on yourself. You didn't say, like, I have to win this. I, you just went in and in and, and, and a nice way, you didn't care. Like, yeah, I don't mean that like you didn't care, but you didn't like, totally. if I win, I win, I, if I, I lose, I, had I lose. A, I had a ton of respect for the game, but I also was you know had a very a lot of equanimity about the outcome i wasn't tied to a particular outcome no that that's it and i think that's why people do so much um so uh, talking more about your, your again your, your first run a lot of the the games were runaways what they what alex liked to call runaways you you by the time you went into the final jeopardy you had basically won the show we knew at that point yeah that, that the other contestants couldn't beat you because and the fact to, to, for anyone that hasn't seen the show in the final jeopardy, you can only bid up to the what you have in the bank. So if that yeah. doesn't, so you could basically double your score in the final jeopardy up to the maximum is double. And obviously you were in the lead that much that that was more than double. So it would have taken a massive failure on your behalf 
free to lose. Yeah, a, a massive, a massive math failure. Yeah, you'd have had <laughs> to have bid, like, failure. You'd have had to have bid more than you thought. Uh, then, so you know, not that you thought. Sorry, more bid more than than the the other contestants and get it wrong. But a lot is what the difference of double. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's like it's like if I had twenty thousand dollars and they have seven thousand dollars, I would have to bet more than six thousand dollars and get it wrong. Yes. To lose. Um, when but I could also just basically I could bet zero and and win. And you did most of the time. Like that's what caused. I think that's why your 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 games, your original run games, stand yeah. out so much, because you did you bid zero and you gave a lot of funny answers in the final rounds. Like that's I think a lot of people remember you for those answers and especially Alex. Yeah. Like I remember Alex's reactions to some of your answers. It was just like I can't remember exactly off the top of my head exactly what you 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 wrote it, but you 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 didn't necessarily answer the question because it was like I don't have to hear of one. Yeah, and again, it's sort of a little bit going back to what I said about how it tapes five shows in a day, and it's you're on your feet, it's stressful, and I was like okay, I could sit here and try to figure out, you know, what an answer is to something for another $3,000. I can give myself another like five or seven minutes to relax and kind of decompress a little bit and maybe be in a better position to win the next game. And like, you know, an average Jeopardy win is like, you know, ten to $20,000. So it's like, is it worth it for me to rack my brain for $3,000 or maybe be more refreshed for another ten or $20,000? Um, and so that was kind of why I bet zero. And then after I bet zero, I was like, well, I got to write some, I may as well have a little fun. Um, there's like, there it was a famous Saturday Night Live skit that I think has made it, I, I've heard the people on uh, No Such Thing as a Fish um, mention that they, they've, they've seen it. So it must have made it to the UK, but with Celebrity Jeopardy and Alex Trebek and Sean Connery, like that they have this rivalry and Sean Connery hates Alex Trebek and all that stuff. Um, so I was sort of channeling that and Alex Trebek is very aware of all these different media portrayals of him. Um, and so I was just sort of, so like the first one I wrote, see you, what is see you tomorrow Trebek? Um, because of course, the, the internal joke is that I was going to see him in 10 minutes, but for the people at home, it would be the next day yeah. when I would um, pop back on. So yeah, it, it originally was sort of a self-preservation move of like, I don't even want to rack my brain for another second. Um, it was my, that all those runaways happened on my second tape day. I was definitely starting to get, you know, the fatigue I knew was real because I'd made it through a, a whole tape day so when I had to run away I'm like you know what I'm gonna take this and then I just kind of kept doing it because as you can probably tell from me being on the on the show I like to have fun when I can and it was you know my way of having a little bit of fun without interrupting the gameplay you know? that's that and then you you had fun you didn't you didn't spoil the show but you you, you added to the show definitely you, you added to the show yeah. Um, touching a bit more on the the, 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 the what's the word I'm looking for? The t- tournament of champions was the word I'm looking for there. Um, yeah. You you came back. Obviously, anyone that you you explain the rules for that one because it's anyone that wins so many games, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, it, technically, it's it's the invitation of the producers, but it's generally the college and teachers tournament winners, and then you know the top game winners, um, either since the past tournament of champions or whenever they kind of declare it. The the tournament of champions that's happened since the last one taped, um, they ended up James Holtowers, and they ended up inviting. Emma Betcher, who beat James Holtower because, you know, there's all this stuff. So um, occasionally they'll bring someone in or somebody won't be invited back for, you know, you know, whatever reason. Um, but yeah, it tends to be, you know, the, in my case, it was a couple of people from tournaments and then otherwise it was the top game winners, money winners from the last two years. So so you, you there were, was, um, there were um, and, and the yeah, clear normal- so there were two there were two 12 game winners. So I was like, you know, third seed or something like that on games. Um, and it's kind of like a, you know, you would expect a tournament to be, there's a first week of quarterfinal games and the winners plus the um, top money winners from who top money earners who don't win from those first five games are then seeded for the semifinals which is three games and then the winners of those three games play but the difference there is that it's two games and they add up the scores from the two games to decide the winner yeah so um yeah so obviously we, we, we've explained it we'll, we'll put a, a spoiler warning out there at the start but um you you obviously you you, you at the first night of the, the first tournament sorry the first final night um it literally mm-hmm. looked like you had lost you had you had lost uh, yeah. you no way of come back, and then obviously we watched the second episode. Um, for me, it was straight away. Thankfully, there was no waiting of time because that's the novelty of Netflix. Um, so <laughs> I didn't have the the anticipation of, of waiting, which was quite nice. Um, I'm one of the only people probably that can say I binge watch Jeopardy, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do, especially tournaments. But you watch the second episode and. And it is. It's. It was great to see that the comeback and the, that and you finally you won. You, you quarter of a. It's quarter of a million pounds. It's. it's sorry, quarter of a million dollars because it's America, obviously. Um, but it's it, it's life changing money for for yeah for normal people like you. You're not celebrities going into. Okay, you're you're well known now. I'm sure, and we'll touch about in that coming right. later on. But it, it's. Massive no, I mean, I'm, I still. Money. Yeah, I mean, I'm still working my day job, and I think everyone, very few people, even after they win the money, you know, sometimes it allows them to make a career change, but they still have a career. You know, there's no one. It it, it was yeah, it's a big, it's a big, um, a big amount of money. You know, it's more than people earn over many years happening all at once. So it was, um, yeah, it was. Um, for me, luckily, like, you know, basically what I decided to do is put most of it away. I have two, now I have two young kids. Um, so, you know, paying for college and stuff is, is real here in America. Yes, so um, saving, <laughs> saving up for stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's expensive in America. It's, it's still expensive in the UK, but not quite as expensive. Yeah. Um, our government does fork out a bit for, yeah. for our education. But yes, um, so in America, I can imagine it's, it's very expensive um so yeah so and yeah. it is like as, as we see where am i going with that um obviously there's, there's there's not many game shows like jeopardy 
um, in the US. Um, so why do you think that format is like still running? Why do you think it's still going after nearly 40 years? Um, you know, I think there's a couple things. One aspect of Jeopardy that is sort of unique, which um, I don't know if this concept exists over in the UK, but it's, it's syndicated. So um, it's basically, it's on every night in every market. Um, you know, a lot of other game shows like, you know, Millionaire or Weakest Link or these are primetime game shows, right? So they can't, they can't be on every night because they're competing with dramas and comedies and other stuff. So there's something about the fact that people have this ritual where like, you know, it's on in a lot of markets at like seven or seven thirty. There's a couple outliers, but it's like, you know, you get home from work and while you're cooking dinner, while you're eating dinner, before dinner, you watch Jeopardy every night. So there's that sort of routine aspect of it that I think is, is actually part of it where as opposed to, you know, the chase or millionaire, it's like, okay, it's, it's a little more like, feels a little more like a TV show as opposed to kind of like part of your routine, the way maybe watching the news or something is. So I think that's one part of it. And the oh, other actually, part just, just is Just touching that, that, sorry, very uh, quickly. Just touching on that, because you mentioned one of the, the UK shows actually that's similar to that. We, we have the, the chase in the UK, where it, I think it originated in the UK. Um, you yeah. have the beast from our show. You have the, the Matt LeBet, um comes over. But for the chase and us, it's on at five o'clock every night. So it's similar right. in that respect. Sorry, continue. Yeah, Apologies. totally. Oh, well, and the chase now, they've, prime time, they've, they've rebooted it again. It's a primetime one. And they have Ken Jennings. Um, uh, Brad Rutter and James Holtower are the chasers on the new. Oh, so you've, you've got your, oh, that's brilliant to hear. Yeah. Um, and I like the chase. I actually auditioned for the chase for this new version of the chase and they didn't call me back. I think, cause I'm like actually pretty friendly with those three guys and maybe it would be a problem to, yeah. but I don't know. Um, so anyway, um, Jeopardy. So the other thing is that there are, there's a lot of questions and a lot of variety of questions. Um, so every game has two rounds of six categories. And I think part of it is like, it's so fast. Whereas, you know, my issue with something like, you know, let's say millionaire is like, you get to a question, let's say it's about pop music and that's not your thing. They really milk as much out of those, the time on those questions as possible. And it's like, if this doesn't interest me, I'm bored. I just want to move on. Yeah. Whereas Jeff so fast that if it's something that you're like not into or you don't know, you only have to deal with like five questions and you can kind of like in, in, in 61 questions in an entire game, you know? So, so it's, it, there's kind of like that something for everyone. And I also think that because it's not multiple choice, they really have to, the writers do a great job of writing the questions so that if you, it's, it's kind of like high school, what we call high school level, a secondary school level um, material. But a lot of us don't remember that material from when we were teenagers. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it, even if you don't know it, you, you recognize it or you remember it or it feels like it's something you should know. So, you know, like even if you don't remember um, that, you know, what, Shakespeare play Cordelia is in you hear King Lear and you're like oh right King Lear 
I've heard of King Lear or, you know, whatever. So they, they make it so that there's this sense of, oh yeah, there's like a tip of your tongue aspect to playing along um, and you feel really smart when you have, or, you know, even if you don't know who wrote Moon for Misbegotten, you've heard of the playwright Eugene O'Neill, right? So there's this, they're real, it's a really smart, um, and, and that's kind of when you're, when you're getting ready to be on the show, there's, um, that is, that kind of rubric is one way that's really important for people to keep in mind. Like, you don't have to study all of this arcana. It's really about understanding the way that the writers are thinking. Is yeah. it getting noisy in my background, by the way? No, my no, daughter? no, no, okay. you're fine. <laughs> I think uh, that's working from home. That's the novelty of, of this yeah, exactly. uh, pandemic. Don't worry, we've all got used to that. Yeah. Um, I think the, the other unique thing about Jeopardy is you, you have to answer in question format. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of quiz shows and a lot of game shows out there, you, you just answer. Yeah. You just answer it and, and that's it. You, you, what is the play written by Shakespeare, blah, 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 it's King Lear. You have to answer what is or who is. Uh, that, yeah. Is that quite challenging to remember? Um, well, it's funny. So the, the reason that that came up is actually kind of a funny quirk history, I guess. So um, have uh, anyone who's seen the movie Quiz Show... Um, which was a really great movie with John Turturro and I think it was Ray Fiennes and is about a real life scandal that happened in the 1950s on a quiz show called 21. And basically what happened was they were giving the answers or asking questions that they knew the contestants knew the answers to already on the show to predetermine who the winner was. Right. Because they were, in their minds, the producers were creating entertainment, right? So they're like, who cares um, like if we're fixing them or watching at home for fun. The problem was people were, these guys were playing for, and it was all men, I believe on the show, were playing for real money. And so the, the FBI investigated them. And, and um, as a result, it was this huge scandal and the game shows are still um, like, there's all these compliance rules and if they break that, it's, it's a federal offense in the U.S. So when you go on Jeopardy, they, you know, make sure that you don't have any family members who are um, employees of Sony, who, who produce, um, you know, there's separate production teams that deal with the contestants versus deal with the content. There's all these things, right? So this is all this, this is all the backstory. When, Merv Griffin was trying to come up with a new game show in the 60s, in the early 60s, right after this scandal. His wife, they were sitting at the table, his wife said, well, why don't you give the contestants the answers? And he said, that's just what we got in trouble for. And she goes, no, you give the answers and they have to come up with the question, mm-hmm. right? So it would be like, you know, you would say, um, um, you know, Rome. And you're like, what is the capital of Italy? Right. That was kind of like the basic setup. So yeah. the whole premise for Jeopardy was this kind of joke on giving contestants the answers. So we're going to give you the answers. Great. But you have to figure out what the question is. And that's how that what is who is thing. Because Jeopardy is such an institution, like it's almost that whole what is this phrase is almost a shorthand for trivia knowledge in the U.S., it's like kind of, you know, when 
when people want to show that it's they're kind of like knowing something even in writing or in person they use that what is phrasing and so it's actually we're all so used to it that that part isn't that hard to remember there was another um pretty good quiz show for a while on cartoon uh, sorry comedy central here called win ben stein's money i don't know if that ever made it over no i I certainly don't recognize it no it was a really good it was a a really fun format um but one of the things was if somebody said because people are so used to saying what is who is if on that show you use the phrasing they made you wear a dunce cap because people did it so often because we're so used in america like we're so used to on these quiz shows because jeopardy is the quiz show doing this what is who is yeah no, that's uh, that I think, but that that I think to, to us, obviously to the UK, we don't have anything like that. We don't do anything like that. We literally just give the end. Well, nine times out of ten, it's a multiple choice, so it's A, B, C, or D, right. um, or a, whatever they, they may be. But we just give the answer. Um, we don't say the what is or who is because that's given to us. But we did, right. we, we did try. We did our own version of, of Jeopardy. Um, mm. I think the easy way of saying is it failed miserably. Um, UK audiences that didn't take off. However, when we sh- any channel that has shown the US version, it's always been a success. Yeah, um, I've got one method behind that, and we'll, we'll touch on that later on in, in the episode. But I think that the quiz is just that iconic. Like anytime that I've said to anyone um, in the UK that I'm that I'm talking to to yourself today, um, all my friends and family, okay, maybe didn't necessarily know you specifically. But they right. jeopardy, like they, they yeah. that. Um, although my local minister um, is American, and she was gobsmacked when I said I was talking to you because <laughs> uh, she watches the show as like more uh, as a religious, like as a religious, no pun intended there. Um, yeah. As a religious American, she watches the show. Yeah. Uh, religiously, and she's you're talking to Buzzy. Oh my god! <laughs> and she's <laughs> attic. So yeah, there are some people that, that even in the UK know your name. It's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's strange how in the UK that format has never taken off. Like we were yeah. trying and never really um, took off. I don't remember the the the, the, American, the, the UK version of Jeopardy. Um, I, just in my research I've done um, for today, I, I found out that we did do a version. Um, but I yeah. think the, the show itself is great in making household names and out of likes of yourself, Ken Jennings loads and loads of other ones but I think the one big household name that it made was obviously the, the late great Alex Trebek yeah um, now he was a name before Jeopardy mm-hmm. but I think Jeopardy's what made him he is totally. Mr. Jeopardy um, totally. definitely He's synonymous with the show 100% I mean, and, think... and I think after him it's maybe Ken and that's why he Ken has been tapped to be a, an interim host because Alex Trebek was Jeopardy um, yeah, yeah. Alex Trebek, think, you think you think Jeopardy definitely automatically, Alex comes to mind. Um, for our UK listeners um, that doesn't don't know, unfortunately, we did lose Alex just at the last like, tail end of last year. Um, he sadly passed away, um, but he was still filming almost right up till he passed yeah, away. Ten, ten days before he passed, he yeah. filmed his last episode, which is yeah, which has now been shown in the US, hasn't it? Yeah. I'm not saying it was shown at the start of January. January. Um, Netflix has announced it's showing it in the UK very soon. Um, Mm. When we haven't given a date, but we are seeing it very soon, which is which is nice. Um, 
But what made Alex great as a host in your eyes? Um, I think Alex um, was really committed to the the game being central and the contestants being the stars. Um, he always said, like, when he was introduced, he wanted to be introduced not as the star of Jeopardy, but the host of Jeopardy, um, because he really felt like the contestants were the stars. And I think he really made that the focus. And I think that it's hard, you know, when you're, you know, he was a pretty young guy when he got the hosting show and he had done some kind of like flashy game shows and stuff like that. And it's like, you kind of want to be a personality. And I think his genius was like, no, my role here is to kind of, you know, just be a very even, not, not invisible, but like nearly invisible sort of presence on the show um and i think that that just like was just the magic of it you know what i mean like it it really let the the questions and the and the contestants be the stars and it allowed everybody to want to imagine themselves being on the stage like he wasn't i mean he's so well loved because he was so he like it was just this you know, he said you were right or wrong. He encouraged you. He was sort of like the teacher that you, maybe a, a beloved teacher who sometimes maybe gave you a hard time for missing a question that you should have known. But for the most part, like he was rooting for you. And he really, well, you really felt like he was rooting for the contestants to get it right. Like when someone was saying, he'd be like, oh, darn. It was never, he was never like, ha ha, you didn't know that. It was always like, you know, ooh, uh, I really wanted you to get that. And so I think all of that kind of combined in this, in this really perfect kind of um, alchemy and created a, a really special, you know, special oh. thing that I think he even was, you know, he started to realize what an important thing it was and he was really proud of it. And especially, you know, um, in, I think it was like April or March or April 2019, when he announced his cancer diagnosis, you know, he's, he was sort of overwhelmed by the outpouring of love and appreciation. And I, you know, I think I'm really happy that he got to know in some way what he meant to so many people. Um, yeah, no, that had to be, it was nice. It was, you know, the diagnosis wasn't nice. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but it, it was nice in a way that that kind of happened with a length of time between the, the diagnosis and and unfortunately we're losing him because he yeah. did see just how much he, he meant to the u.s audience um and how much the show and him and um, because as much as he had he did try to to go into the to the background as such he he, he couldn't help it he was the star of the show like whether that's what he wanted to do or not he was one of the stars yeah. not yeah. saying that in any way the, con the contestants were still the stars yeah um but he was well, he was a fantastic host yeah he was he was really good and he brought this the kind of like authority and of like you know a great news person um that yeah. where it's just like you trust them you know they're they're gonna like you know you know like we we've had in the u.s um you know there there are these famous newscasters like you know murrow and Cronkite broker, you know, whatever, who are, you know, names that mean probably nothing to a UK audience, but like 
these people who they really they come into your home every night and they they've earned your trust and they've earned your respect and you when you hear them you believe it and so it's like you know you you continue to want to kind of like connect with that because it it's so nourishing right especially in an age where we're being lied to all the time <laughs> or getting misinformation to have someone who's like real like you know if they say it's right or wrong they really it, they're not messing with no you, you watched the show knowing um definitely it was in safe hands um you knew that that he, he would nothing did it untoward happen but you knew if it if it was to happen that that he would be able to to, to handle it because you watch some shows and you think that and I can only speak for mainly for the UK TV here you watch some shows and you think mm, that's not a great presenter or that's not going to the, the program's not going to go ahead much longer because of the host um but that certainly wasn't the case in, in regards to Jeopardy and he did as we said earlier he hosted for, for 37 years um so that, that was a long time there was and he was also he was a producer on the show and he would give feedback on questions if he thought that it wasn't clear or he wanted it to, you know, he had quite, if he was like, I don't really, you know, he would push back on the writers. He really was committed to it being of a quality so that, you know, and I think again, that was being an advocate for the contestants. No, that, that's know, good to hear. Which you don't really see. I think there's a lot of the times where the, yeah, the hosts are sort of like, trying to trick the contestants or something like that you know trying to trick them up because people do in a way it, it plays in, in, in human nature people do want to see people fail but they also want to see people succeed definitely it's, it's a it's a mixture of both but you you do like to um like going back to like the biggest we have probably in the uk is millionaire well, that's the longest running game show we have in the uk uh, and you do like to see people what as i say win the million we've literally just had somebody last year in the last series that won the million for the first time in 16 years. Um, um, 12 years, sorry, what am I talking about? 12 years. Um, but then you like to see people who are on the, maybe the million pound question lose a lot of money, which it, it actually is human nature. Like you do like, but you, you feel like, for example, Jeremy Clarkson, who you probably won't know, but he's our host, current host of, of Millionaire. Yeah, I do know him. Oh, you do know Jeremy? Oh, yeah, because he does. He's, he's the Top Gear, Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy Top Gear guy. He, yeah. he, he now hosts. It was and I lived in the UK. Oh, I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forgot <laughs> he, he now hosts a uh, millionaire and has done for a good years. But you don't you don't feel like he's not with the contestants, but you feel like he's, 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 he's yeah, he's not, as, he's not an Alex Trebek. Put it that way. Uh, that's a good way of judging. Yeah, there's always like, I feel like, especially on Millionaire, there's always a sense where the host is like, teehee, I know what the answer is, but I can't tell you. Um, well, the, the difference you don't really get that sense. Clarkson, since he came into format, there's a new lifeline. I don't know if you've heard of this one. Uh, uh, but there's now a lifeline called Ask the Host. Yes. Uh, where you can yeah. ask Jeremy it. And I'm like, unless it's about cars... Yeah, it's not much that he knows. <laughs> so that. there's a they brought back um uh they did a celebrity millionaire the anniversary of the U.S. version with Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel who's a late night host here. Yeah, and uh, Kimmel, I, yeah. I um I was they did it with um they they said the contestants could bring like the smartest person they knew, but it was right before the pandemic, so people you know 
a lot of people who wanted to bring friends or family from out of town couldn't. So the executive producer, one of the executive producers is the executive producer of Jeopardy. So they called me a couple other local LA Jeopardy people. So I actually played on with that. And they, what, what they could do is they could decide to keep us, us for Ask the Host. And I think like 90% of the celebrities like got rid of Jimmy Kimmel the first chance they got. <laughs> Oh, that sounds terrible. Jimmy's great, but yeah, um, you definitely you have got a proven track record of being clever um, compared to, to him. Yeah. Um, but what the, the, the one question, the, the, the probably the, the, the equivalent to Alex that we have in the UK um, was probably in our eyes as well, the late, great Bruce Forsyth, who was a game show host. He was a, a TV host and... Um, but certainly, he's the only one that's really the same. Le- he's, he's been a lot longer than Alex, but um, like he's now obviously gone as well. We've lost him, but he's probably yeah. the equivalent we have um, for, for UK audiences. Yeah, you know, there's a couple other people who come to mind. I'm a big fan of In Our Time, which I think is on BBC4 radio. Uh, and right, the host yeah. of that is a guy named Melvin Bragg. Yeah. Melvin Bragg. I'm a big Melvin Egg fan I think he kind of has that too where you like I mean it's a different form it's not a game show obviously but you really feel like Melvin like wants to know and he's kind of on the listener side where he's got these like three professors and he's like wait wait, wait I don't what are you talking about and like makes them like slow down and explain it I I mean I think he's he's a, like a, got some of that too there's a there's a similarity and I also like I used to when I was living in the UK um Stephen Fry was still hosting QI and even though he's a comedian, I also feel like he's got this kind of like professorial authority um, aspect that I, I liked a lot. Yeah, no, Stephen Fry, he, he no longer hosts QI. Um, the, the, the show is still going on, but yeah. um, he gave it up. He felt he gave it up when it was on high and, and when he wanted to, he wanted to do it in his own time. But yeah, I can understand with Stephen Fry. Definitely he has the kind of the aura of a, of a, prof- a university professor. Yeah, um, exactly. as much as he is funny at the same time, but that that's yeah. not a bad thing being funny. Um, so what was it like? No, I think, and I think a lot of people, um, you know, the, Alex Trebek had a very good, very off-color sense of humor, actually, especially when the camera was off, and he loved an opportunity to joke around. I think he didn't do a lot of it on the show because he knew how much being on the show meant to the contestants and how nervous we all were. Yeah. And so I think what, you, so he had, he had a really great sense of humor and kind of an off color sense of humor. Like he would talk to the audience and joke around when the commercial break, but I think he also knew how important being on the show was for the contestants, how nervous a lot of the contestants were. Um, and so he kept it really straight, you know? Um, but I think when someone like myself who liked to have fun and then in our tournament, there was also Austin Rogers, who was a very kind of, fun-loving, quirky player. So like having both of us kind of set a tone of like fun kind of for the for the tournament and he could then have some more fun. And I think that kind of comes through like that he's having fun, he's getting to joke around more. And I'm really happy that I got to kind of like create that opportunity in a small way for him. Yeah, no, that, that was great. And um, yeah, so, so moving on slightly, the, the show is going to continue, it has continued. Um, that was one of his wishes was the show was because mm. it wasn't his 
he wasn't as you as we've touched on already. He wasn't the star. The show was the, the show should go on. There is a lot of kind of differences of opinions um, with fans of yeah. the show. Um, there are some people, and we're not talking Ken Jennings here. We're not like dissing this man. The man's great, and I'm sure he'll do a, a fantastic job um, as as interim host. So we're not talking about him. We're talking the show in general. Do you feel that it, it should yeah. continue, or do you think it should end after Alex? No, I think it should continue. I mean, it's going to be up to the producers to find the right person to, you know, read those clues and, and handle it right. But I, I also think, you know, we don't have another, there, there are not a lot of great game shows that are really about, you know, we have a lot of reality TV kind of game shows, but, it, you know, there's a lot of things like institutions left that are really about knowing things. Um, I mean, it's, 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 there is there are game aspects of Jeopardy, but it's really like you can't kind of get around the fact that you got to know your stuff. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate that, and I I hope it goes on for a really long time. I do, that's, that's and I hope they find the a right the right person because I think that, that that's the vital part. It's got to be the right person that that will treat it with the yeah. same respect as Alex did. Yeah. I think. And, yeah, I think like also. You know, I grew up watching it and then I got to be on it. And like, you know, I want in a weird way, like I want that for my kids. Like I would love for it to just kind of like, you know, I think there's something comforting about it always being there. Because it's, it's relaxing. Like, yeah, as much as you think, like, like you watch it and okay, it's a show that you have to think because you, you physically have to think uh, of the answers, but you don't have to, to think. Like, it's not one of these high-intense dramas that you have to, right. to watch, which is what I love about the show. That's why I'm a massive fan in the UK of it, because it is just a show that, yeah, that it's, it's there, it's on, you watch it. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like anti-dramatic. Yeah. It's anti-drama. It's like, you got some question wrong, cool, there's like 20 more questions coming your way. Like, no, nothing, like, there's something sort of, yeah, anti weirdly anticlimactic. About I mean, there are moments of climax and excitement and stuff like that, but the format itself is actually very, very like low, like like even. It's very yeah. even. No, that that makes sense definitely, and, and that's I think that's why that's one of the, plays one of the parts and why the show is a success definitely, um, without a doubt. Um, yeah, so would you would you go back as a contestant if you were invited? Yeah, anytime. Um, would you would you even consider hosting it? Yes. You were, oh, there we go. <laughs> there was no even thought there. It was just yes. Because um, I, I can see you being the, the new Alex. Not the new Alex, because nobody can replace Alex. We're not saying that, but yeah. you host. Um, I think I can see you doing it. Like definitely. You, Nobody's you called that. me, so I wouldn't I wouldn't place any bets on that. I know the there are some it? people. Yeah, yeah. No one, no one's called me, so I wouldn't. All right, uh, no, no. I'm just saying, I'm not looking for that kind of exclusive thing. I'm just saying, would you? Uh, would you? It's yeah, would. would you? Um, no, no. We're not. We're not trying to get exclusives or anything like that. You don't worry. Um, we wouldn't even like, even if you knew anything, we wouldn't. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that that brings us to the end of of that section. Certainly, you you certainly you go down in US TV history. Um, that's a, without a doubt. Um. And, and the show has already and will continue to go down in history. Um, 
certainly. And I think TV world history as well, certainly. Mm. Um, definitely. But we, 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 we would like to finish in a kind of more light-hearted way, um, a bit more fun and, and light-hearted, <laughs> and just talk about TV in general. Now, the yeah. good thing about having you on is you're going to bring a lot of different TV shows to the forefront here, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, fingers Maybe. crossed. Because um, we, 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 you'll have seen shows that we that we won't have seen yet or probably never will. Um, now, the UK, uh, I'm sure you'll know about the UK at the moment, we're currently in our third lockdown. Um, yeah. of, of the pandemic um, the US is, is doing a different forefront um, hopefully yeah and I'm in Los Angeles which apparently is the global epicenter of the pandemic we'll not talk about the reasons why that is um, we're not that kind of podcast <laughs> um, but there, there is quite an obvious reason that hopefully will now be changed um, and hopefully you, you, your numbers will start to come down but um the, the, what what has TV has got you through the last year? Because we've all had a lot more feedback. All right, all right, all right, all right. So first, I got to get like my nerdy um, guilty pleasures out of the way. I'm a I'm a big Star Trek fan. Oh, oh yeah, you're talking to the you're talking to converted here. I could talk for hours on Star Trek. So, so I um you know my favorite series is Deep Space Nine. Yeah. So I watch a lot of Deep Space Nine, but um. During the pandemic, we had Lower Decks came out, which I think just came out in the UK. Yes, it did. I'm just saying, has it come out yet? But yeah, because I saw it wrongly. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it um, in American time. There's a couple of like British um, Star Trek fans on Twitter who are like, Lower Decks is happening. So yeah, um, so I watched that. And then we just had season three of Discovery, which was great, and Picard. I think Picard may have come out before the the cards. Yeah, the cards just just come out just before the lockdown for us. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I'm I'm mostly you know like I'm in a kind of perpetual Deep Space Nine, Next Generation, occasionally Voyager rewatch. So that's always kind of that's always going on. Um, in terms of other TV, you know, my wife and I do watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, which I don't know if those. <laughs> We, we know of it. We've, we've had our, our own versions of it, yes. Yeah. What you're talking about. Um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to go back to like the beginning because I we watched, we like binged, we watched The Circle. I don't know if <gasps> now, you guys... The Circle was massive in the UK because it, it started, it originated, it originated in another yeah. country. The UK version was the first big one. But the US yeah. version has just came onto Netflix back at the beginning of January and I binge watched it like in two days. It was great. Yeah, so I watched the US one and the Brazilian one. The Brazilian one is is really really good as well. Have you seen the um, UK versions yet? I haven't seen the UK. The, we have a UK and a France one, and I think what happened was I watched the US one, I watched the Brazilian one, uh, and then I like had to take a break. <laughs> like, too much, too much reality. Imagine, yes. um, and we had Love is Love is Blind here. I don't know if you guys had that Netflix. Yeah, that sets up the Netflix. Um, so the, that's kind of like the trashy stuff. I mean, we ha- we just had Bridgerton come out, also incredibly trashy, but that's, not, that's fantastic. We like Bridgerton was a was a yeah guilty pleasure for me. I've got to see. Yeah, it's it's like a soap opera. It's it's fine, but it was funny. So um, we set up um, uh, like a project. We got a projector for uh, just because we have like a big wall in our backyard to to watch movies, and then it was cold, so we like put a sheet up in the living room and we were watching Bridgerton on the projector. 
and we realized that like our whole whole neighborhood see what we're watching and it was one of the the steamy scenes <laughs> and we're like oh wait we gotta watch this somewhere else um <laughs> yeah i can imagine no, uh normal people i think that's what it's called mm. also yeah yes. mm-hmm. great show i like that one um again very steamy though <laughs> yeah um i also there's like a there's a couple of um kind of reality shows that um there's a netflix show called blown away which um a friend of mine was actually a competitor in the first season and it's a glass blowing competition oh show. i've seen it yeah I've never, I've never seen it seen it but i've seen it on netflix yeah I've seen it's pretty it on fun netflix. it's you know it's got that same idea as like you know bake off or whatever else where there's a group of people they have challenges and then you yeah. know people get eliminated um i recently got into a show that is on the history channel here it's similar to blown away called forged in fire which is um, a, a blacksmithing, bladesmithing competition. I think my father watches that. I've definitely heard of it. <laughs> yes, I think, yeah. It's definitely like a dad kind of show. I think my dad um, definitely watches that one. So I'm trying to think of other TV that we've done. I just thought it was trashy TV. Having, being like stuck inside for 10 months with two young kids, it's like, I don't want to, like there's so many great shows like, you know, there's like The Crown and all these other really like serious great shows that I really want to watch. Yeah. And there's like no part of me that can get it together to like have anything serious. Like I just want like mindless. Um, one funny thing is like I don't I don't really watch a lot of Jeopardy anymore since being on the show. Part of it is like getting ready to be on the show, getting ready for the tournament for All Stars. Like I watch so much of it. I consume so much of it. And then like once I'm on, I'm kind of like, I need a break. And that break has lasted a long time. Like I'll too much some of James Holtower's recent run. That was last year. Um, I watched some of Alex's, you know, I watched the last week of shows and I watched, I wanted to see, you know, kind of how Ken was doing. Um, But I don't regularly watch Jeopardy anymore. It's just too, it's like. But I'll tell you what I did like when it came on Netflix, I did rewatch the tournament of champions that I was in. Cause I hadn't really watched it since, um, since before that. Since, you know, in four years, I wanted to kind of like, you know, it's fun to relive that, but you know, watching it every night. Uh, it's all, it's also on like at a bad time. I mean, I know we have TiVo and stuff like that, but um, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of like once you've been through it, it, uh, it's it's a common thing among people who have been on the show to like not be able to watch it anymore. No, that that makes sense. I can understand. I've never been on TV personally myself, but I I can understand that being like it loses a bit of his appeal. Definitely. Yeah, and like there are times where I want to watch it again, and like I'm kind of like pulled into it again. Yeah. But I think having that night thing, it's like. You know, I've, I've probably in getting ready to be on the show and all that stuff, like watched years and years and years worth of Jeopardy. I know, I can imagine uh, you have to watch a lot. Um, <laughs> thinking about it, like if, if you were to be an actor, um, what one TV show would you love to be in? Um, obviously Bridgerton. <laughs> would your wife approve? <laughs> Those scenes? <laughs> well, well uh, yeah well i think i mean like I, I obviously like if you've seen me on the show you know i like to kind of like i like dressing kind of snappy and i'm like yes. a little 
a dandy. So yeah. I, I think that like, you know, having that kind of like Regency period wardrobe, I would have a lot of fun with that. Actually, that was one of my issues with, with Bridgerton was I felt like they, um, the men dressed too similarly to each other. Like in that period of Britain, I think there was much more variety in men's dress and they all kind of like wore the same kind of like black coats or, you know, the Duke had like his purple coat. But, you know, that's kind of one of the things that I, I had a couple issues. I had a couple issues with the, with like, it was weird. Like the American I had, had some issues with a British TV show. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because, you know, I have a friend and, and he and I used to get together and watch period pieces, like costume dramas, uh, like movies, you know, and all this stuff. And of course, like, I have no problem. Like, I love the premise of like, it's a totally anachronistic period piece in that, you know, like we have African and um, of African descent as aristocracy. I was going to say African-American, but obviously not African-American. No, we know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then like little like anachronisms bothered me. Like I feel like there was a like a, a, a Beethoven piece. Like I didn't mind when they would do like the string quartet version of Coldplay or whatever. That didn't bother me. But there was like a Beethoven piece that was like, you know, from after the show was supposed to take place or like you know like weird things like that like the 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 way that men dressed or like like weird things like that really bothered me but then like oh yeah cool that's cool that you know you're kind of like doing like a radiohead song <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's way beyond but, but that actually that beethoven but, piece was only was released three years after that was supposed to happen well, yeah i mean that that's kind of my problem like the the things that were like intentionally anachronistic i'm okay it was when it was like someone just didn't someone just made a mistake and was like yeah. oh this is old-timey sounding or whatever like that stuff bothered me <laughs> i know i can understand why that was yeah definitely yeah um what one game show would you like to attempt um it's funny i've, I've thought about that a little bit because i've thought about trying to do something else i would like to do something that isn't uh isn't a quiz show you know like a survivor or something like that do you like big brother or something because you know that's still big in america it's 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 been axed over in the uk but it was still big in america i don't i don't really i've never watched big brother i'm ashamed um, well i'm not ashamed to say i've never watched big brother but it seems like a little too like interpersonal i know i know obviously i know survivor has a ton of that as well but i would kind of like to do something where there's like a little like a skill but a different kind of skill than just like kind of manipulating people. That makes sense. Yes. That makes sense. We have a lot of those at the moment. <laughs> they, those have really taken off. Um, I don't know if you know Bear Grylls. Yes. yes. He's done a lot of like his celebrity SAS and uh, a it. lot of those shows uh, have taken massively taken off in the UK. Um, yeah. Definitely. I got, I got a Bear Grylls question correct in the tournament of champions. It was about, asking which it was like a bear is this show a bear is bear is dropped in the wild and it was it was man versus wild or something like that oh and it was bear girls yeah um i do i remember something about bear girls question yeah honestly like you you've got more idea on the actual questions i remember how well you did don't ask about the questions Um, yeah well i mean that's the thing i was like you know i played four games in that tournament of champions doesn't seem like a lot but that means i came face to face with like what 200 244 questions give or that's take. a lot of questions for, for anyone to face um on tv 
Um, what one? What's your favorite British TV show? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, it's not one I get to ask very often. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a few. I'm a. Well, I'm a big classic Jesus and Worcester fan. Right. Um, the the Hugh Laurie Stephen Fry one. Mm-hmm. I also really like Black Books. Oh, that's a that's a niche one. Even in the UK, yeah. that's niche. I like that. Yeah. Um. And you know, when I lived in the UK, I watched a lot of gear because that was you know that was in 06. Top Gear. Um, Did you see this? Yeah. 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 I have I mixed opinions on that show, but we'll, we'll not go into that one. <laughs> yeah. I think also it's got it got more kind of political and controversial, like since. I was I was watching it sort of naively, right? But uh, yeah. yeah, I think I'm I'm trying to think. I'm sure there are more, um, more British shows that I love. But I think like if I were to, well, and of course The Office, um, and uh, you know all the, the the Ricky Gervais stuff. Like big fan of extras. The uh, see extras and all that are great, but Britain has a very different opinion on Office as the US has. Like we are massive fans of The Office US. Like, yeah. The Office US has severely, like, your version of it has taken off dramatically totally. in the UK. And I love it. Like, I've binge-watched it think, numerous times. I think it, I think it was brilliant in how it kind of, like, let the British one go. And then, I, I mean, I, I agree that the US version eclipsed the British yes. version. Um, but I still like the British version. Has a, a uh, lot US versions of shows have have eclipsed. For example, one of the biggest ones, obviously, is The Office. But another one that springs to mind completely is Shameless. Mm. Shameless was massive in the US in the UK, but the US version has totally eclipsed. Like it, the the series one of the US version is literally a carbon copy of series one of the US. Right. But then it goes on and it does progress differently, which I love. And yeah. then Abbott, who created the show. Actually, he comments on the US version quite a lot when he gets interviewed and, and says how he, he, he loves it, how much it's, it's different. Yeah. Um, Sanford and Son is a classic US show that was also based on a British show. What was that, sorry? Sanford and Son was like a, cla- is a classic American sitcom that was based on a. What was that based on? It's a was totally different name. Steptoe and Son? No. Uh, no. I'm trying to remember. But yeah, I mean, I actually, you know, it's funny because. I, I really like um, British television a lot and my wife doesn't so a lot of times we'll split up but I I um, you said much you're American I'm going to the, I'm going to Britain for a bit. yeah exactly exactly um, but I you know it's been a while since I've watched like a kind of like a like really sat in like good some good British TV no we, so. we have some but I think a, a lot of like when you look at our kids for example and I'm not talking young, young kids. I'm talking like the, the uh-huh. young adults um, here. They, they, a lot of like my cousins are talking American because of the amount of American, like it, it's it's amazing how the American TV shows like sort of like so the Big Bang Theory was massive in the. Mm. I know it was massive in the US, right. but it was massive in the UK. There was things like Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is still massive right. in both countries. But so the amount of like American influence, it's unbelievable. Like. But then again, when we, when I went over to America, um, I worked in America for a summer. I did summer camp, um, and it was it was 2013, so it was just after the Susan Boyle like Britain's mm. Got Talent moment. And obviously, I'm from Scotland, 
Um, and that was all I was getting. Everywhere I went was, oh, have you met Susan Boyle? Have you seen this? And I thought, <laughs> like, Susan Boyle was big in the UK, but I didn't right. realise just how big British TV was right. until I went over there. And, and it was, oh, but this. And, and, and uh, uh, Susan Boyle, really, that I remember because that, it was just that year that she was on it. Um, yeah I feel like there's sort of like a almost like a tide and it's like some stuff comes over and then it kind of you know like there's sort of different you know like there was a period of time where you know it's like even even Top Gear they brought over to America and now like I also feel like there's because of the streaming services it's like more of a blurred line like um, I really liked um, was it called sex education oh that was yeah I still love sex education yeah I thought that was a really a good show i guess that's a british show but like again it's presented here like it's you know a netflix or hulu original or something well no i think that is a netflix original that is yeah. a netflix that was never on terrestrial tv right. in the UK. that was a netflix original one of the right. ones i've i've picked up on vice versa here uh, just recently is superstore mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. never knew that was a program and i, I came across it and i thought i'll sit and watch it i literally binge watched the five series and like <laughs> a week or something it was fantastic like yeah. so witty but i think the problem with british tv especially with com- comedies is it doesn't portray well in the uk and the us british comedy isn't that's why i think the the remakes of us of, of uk programs are better off because you guys don't really understand our sense of humor but but i yeah, that's true that's true and i think um one you know the, there are more things like um you know the crown is another one where it's like it's a British show, but it's sort of an American. Show. It's a Netflix thing, but then we also have things like um, Game of Thrones, you know, an HBO series, but like almost entirely British cast, shot almost entirely in Europe. It's you know it's hard to draw the line, and I think that there's there's like I'm feeling like there's more and more stuff that's really successful that's kind of on that right, you know some. You know, if you were to place it, it would be somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic, you know? Yeah, no, there, are, there is the, the crossovers, but there, there is the clearly British slash American as well. as. But the, no, Superstore definitely is the one that I found earlier. Anyway, moving on. Uh, we could talk about this for hours. Yeah. Um, what one show would you love to bring back? So that has been axed, but mm. not necessarily British. It can be any any country. Um, there was... I believe it was called Party Down. It was a great show called Party Down. And it was about, um, there's this very common thing in the US where people who are aspiring actors or whatever work as um, like cater waiters. You know, so if you hire, if you have a party and you like hire a catering company, all the waiters are these like aspiring actors. Right. Um, so, but it was sort of about this group of people who worked as that. So it was, it was a really good show. It had a lot of um, the people who had been on Freaks and Geeks, which is another great show. That, yeah, I know that one. <laughs> no Freaks yeah. and Geeks. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely look out for Party Down. I'll see if I can find it on, on some streaming yeah. platform. Um, the, most, the most controversial question we ask is what one TV show would you bend? That's probably the hardest. Can I, get, can I get rid of the entire Fox News? No, that's what I would bend. I love, it. I love it. I got it. That, that's uh, yeah, it's very controversial, but I like it. <laughs> um, that, that's it. Yes, you can say that by all means. Yeah. Um, um, definitely. And the last question that we have is what is your top three shows of all time? 
of all time? Um, hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sopranos. Fantastic, yeah. Jeopardy. Um, and now I'm sort of like, do I save Seinfeld or do I save The Office? <laughs> One of those. If I can have four, I'll take both. All right. Well, we'll put those as the one. We'll put those as a. Notice that I didn't save Star Trek, which is like. No, that I was about to say before I asked that question. I was about to say, well, I'm assuming one of them will be your Star Trek, but no. I know. I would assume that too, but I'm, I'm like, if I, if I was on a desert island, I mean, I could watch Star Trek over and over again. I could watch Deep Space Nine forever, but I feel like I would. There's more to get out of uh, Sopranos, maybe. Oh, there's definitely more to get out of Sopranos, and definitely Jeopardy. You, you learn no matter like. Yeah. You're, you're really I mean, if I get the whole show, I've got 37 seasons. You yes. know, that's that's the way I'm thinking. <laughs> and a lot of tournaments and spinoffs and like, how, yeah. how, like, you, like, yeah, yes. There's a lot of lots to watch for Jeopardy, definitely. Um, but, but that's us. Um, that was your, your TV life as as we know it at the moment. Um, hopefully we, we it continues. Um, and you maybe yeah. go on another game show or what, whatever, or you come back to Jeopardy. And um, who knows what the future holds, um, especially in this climate at the moment. But but long may it continue. Um, so once again, thank you very much for, for joining thank us. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. No, it's been our pleasure, definitely. <laughs> and you guys at home, thank you for, for listening um, for, to, to, to him. But once again, Buzzy, thank you very much um, thank you. For, for joining. And guys, take care.